Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Light the Fight. I am David. I'm Heidi. And as always, <laughs> that really is not. And I'm Heidi. <laughs> I know. I gotta work. On, I gotta work on my intro. <laughs> well, as always, we're happy to be here talking to you, sharing uh, our fails, our wins, and hoping that it helps you guys. Apparently, it is. Apparently, it is. This I I got to tell you that I had some good like, lots of encounters. It was really interesting. I had. Did a little bit of traveling this last week. I had several encounters with people who were sharing with me what what they learned, what they loved. And so you guys, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for not giving up on us or you That's or right. your kids. <laughs> and if what we're giving to you here just isn't enough because you need a good counselor to help out your teenager, we got the solution for you teencounseling.com. So if you didn't hear our episode last week, we have a new sponsor here to the podcast. We're excited about the sponsor, our partnership with them, because it just so happens that they're providing counselors for teenagers when you may not have a counselor in your area. So a couple details that you need to know about, it's for 13 to 19 year olds. You get hooked up, you get uh, matched up with a licensed professional counselor um, where they spend uh, most of their time on their smartphones. What that means is a lot of the counseling is done either through, I, I, I can't some remember. Some type if, of device. Yeah, well, it's some type of FaceTime type of application through their app. And I'm not quite sure if they. It's on their app. Yeah, it's on their app. Okay, so it's not FaceTime, but just imagine, you know, FaceTime like on your phone. So that's why they say the majority of the time it's on their phone, meaning it's through texting, through calling, or through their app version of FaceTime. Um, the process, all you got to do to get started, you just got to fill out a short uh, questionnaire at teencounseling.com. That'll help them understand your relationship with your teen and basically the specific needs. So does the parent fill out the survey or does the teen? The parent. Because when you go there, it's like, I'm a teen and I'm a parent. So like it's, you kind of, yeah. Yeah. If the teen wants to, they can, but I'm pretty sure that the parent has to. But it, you know, if you have a teenager that wants to, all the more power is better information Mm -hmm. for them. Sure. And, uh, um, next, then you'll be matched up with a therapist and their network uh, of specialists who's available. and They can start communicating within 24 hours with you and uh, to make sure that they have the right skills and experience. That's why they got to go through those questionnaires. Um, you have the opportunity to review the credentials and directly communicate with the counselor so you can make sure it's a good fit. I think that's really important for parents to be able to talk to the counselor first and to make sure that this and then counselor- tell them everything over the last 10 years that's <laughs> happened. Yeah, I think that's super important too. It's my favorite part. <laughs> that's a couple <laughs> sessions in of itself. Or you can give all the disclaimers. You got to get the disclaimers in there quick. Heidi is speaking from <laughs> every time we speak, Heidi always likes to say, you know, when you go to your counselor and you think you need to tell them 10 hours, you really don't, but oh, you feel like it. So, yes, that helps the counselor get the information they need. And possibly you might be able to give them a lot of information they really don't need, but it's helpful. 
to blow off some steam. Uh, once you once you've been approved, the counselor and your once you've approved the counselor, the counselor and teen will begin communicating directly. Uh, teen counseling is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so that it makes it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Great asset. One of the big things I want to know from them: What if it just doesn't work? Sometimes there's just not a connection. It could be a great counselor. The teen could maybe even want it. For whatever reason, if there's just a disconnect there, something said in the very beginning, they allow you to change and they allow you, they will get you a new therapist in a faster time than you can get an email or a DM response from Light the Fight to your questions. They actually do this for a living. They take this very serious. We like to help you guys, but they're Johnny on the spot. They're going to help you out in a timely manner. And as you guys know, when you're trying to find therapy or a counselor, it really is time sensitive because if you can't find someone or get some good traction, you get a referral within the first couple of days that you are feeling it's very important. It's easy for life to have notifications, things to do. And next thing you know, you get squirreled out and it's three months later and now the problems have gotten worse. So visit teencounseling.com backslash LTF. And that stands for light the fight and help your teen take charge of their mental health with an experienced professional. There is a 10% discount for your first month for all the light the fight listeners. So make sure you go to teencounseling.com and then put in the backslash LTF. That'll take you right to the website that lets them know that you're a listener of ours and that you're going to get your 10% discount. And I'll see you guys. I don't want people out there to think that this is a one-stop shop. They're very aware that some circumstances would be better off dealt with in face-to-face counseling. If there's serious suicidal issues and there's issues that are, I mean, that you would actually need to talk to someone face-to-face, they will go through that with you and make sure that they're a good fit for you. They're just not trying to take people's money to try to solve the world. That's why another big reason why I had a lot of confidence in my conversation with them, that they recognize that some things are going to be out their scope of practice. They're not going to be able to help out, but for getting in counseling with a teen, it's so hard to find a teen therapist and teen counselor. I think teencounseling.com is going to be the experience that you've been looking for. If you can't find a teen counselor in your area or just want to try something different, gives your kids a lot of power knowing that they can have the relationship through their phone because let's face it, they already have a symbiotic relationship with their phone anyways. They're so it gives them, yeah. So, yeah, definitely comfortable with that. So teencounseling.com backslash light the fight. And we got to be give a big shout out and thanks to our community sponsor, one enter in contacts. If it's not, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to get to this point. Thank you all the good people at one enter in contacts. They got great contacts. If you need contacts, you need to get your eyes tested. They have a new function where they, you can actually get your eye exam on their app. So effective to getting contacts to you fast and effectively and get you matched up with the right contacts that you need. So one enter in contacts, they do their thing. Great. But it's pretty cool that they support us too. So yeah. we want to give them a shout out as well. So let's jump into the podcast, you know, because Heidi and I, we got to be the bells of the ball and go do a photo shoot at sunset really quickly. <laughs> so we got to do this podcast earlier than normal. So if you notice it, man, David sounds energetic because it's a lot earlier. And I didn't <laughs> see that go. many clients today because I'm still nursing my sickness from last <laughs> week. By the way, my man cold turned to strep throat. So for all those people that wish for me to get sicker, you're, there are Thanks. answered <laughs> prayers. You're, you're welcome. There you go. That, that was not my prayer. That so. was not Heidi's prayer because you know but it's more I work for not, her if I'm sick. But I did not get sick. So there you go. Well, you know, I didn't win, breathe win. on your microphone or yeah. touch your Thank cell you. phone. So Thank you. Well, Heidi, why don't you lead us into the topic that we want to be discussing today? Okay. I, you know, as usual... The topics that I bring um, are coming from my life, from conversations uh, that I have, um, maybe from messages or interactions that I get online. Um, 
And so, and they're just things that kind of spark my curiosity. This particular week, um, on the heels of last week's pod- podcast episode, which was me talking about um, what I've learned since since we last Corey, um, there's been a lot of conversation this week, both online and in real life with people that I associate with and and people that I ran into and um, and that kind of thing, over and over in these interactions, one thing kept on boiling up to the top. And it's something that I'm actually really, really working on myself and, and have not mastered. And so I really think that now is a great time to talk about it. And so the thing that I want to bring up is – you know, what happens when our kids need to make a decision and we counsel with them, we give them our opinion. Maybe our opinion is a little bit more like seeped in life experience and and has some like we can see the outcome a little bit clearer and we have a little bit more perspective. And so we think that we know what they should decide. Maybe it's coming from a place of a fully felt developed brain that right. knows that bad things can happen. And a brain that has screwed up lots of times. Made lots of mistakes. You know, and doesn't want that for their children, right? Yeah. But a lot of times kids don't make the same decisions that their parents have counseled them to make. So there's a couple things that are at play here. Number one. The importance and process I want to discuss of empowering your children to make decisions for themselves, even from a young age. Number two, how to respond when they make a decision that that was contrary to what your advice would be or what you think, or maybe even goes against what you've taught them. And then number three, how to make sure that that doesn't become the parting of the ways forever. Um, so, so as our correspondent, can you give us an example? <laughs> well, I have a lot of examples yeah, actually. Yeah. Heidi well, is our, she used to be our shiz show, shiz show correspondent. Now she's just like, kind of like, little poopy show every now and then. <laughs> like a little cat litter box show every now and then. So it's not really a shit show. Well, just, there's a little poo every now and then. I mean, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. When I brought this topic up to David, he's like, oh, so you're talking about like when your adult kids have to make life experiences. And I was like, actually. Well, that's what I thought you meant at first when you said right. that. Yeah. Actually, um, I was talking more specifically about some stuff that's going on with Connor. And um, I do I do feel comfortable sharing um, a personal experience because I, who's 12 now, right? He's 12 now. And, um, basically I feel like it's my job to make all of my kids decisions. I, (laughs) I feel like I owe that to them. Yeah. They voted you into that position or you volunteered for that position. Yes. And I feel qualified. Um, and I guess I know that, okay, I've got some adults now in my home, and yeah. so maybe I can't make their decisions. Yeah. And I've been trying to back off, like, on, you know, tracking them 
through GPS satellites all the time. You know, but few the technology is so good, though. So, it's so tempting. It is. It is hard. Um, and they track me, right? It's not very fair. Anyway, you can give them a stuffed animal with a nanny a cam <laughs> in it and put it in like their passenger seat or something. That'd be really stockish. <laughs> they would love it. Um, but especially for my youngest and and Connor's my youngest. He's twelve. I do feel like maybe I should be making his decisions. So reverse to an incident that we had during the school year. And um, I, it was, it was a upsetting enough incident for me that really, and, and it really upset Connor. And he felt socially threatened. Is that, I mean, I don't really feel like I need to go into the details right now about it, but I had to get the principal involved and the teacher involved, and and I was very concerned and very upset. And because of the situation, the principal even said, you know, you you might – and I was like, I got to move him to a different school. And the principal's like, you know, you might – you might have to. That that might be what's best. And because he really could see all the angles and he was very concerned and and he, and then even the teacher was like, I think you should move him out. Because the situation isn't gonna change. And so here I am with authorities in the situation telling me what I wanted to hear, basically, because I agreed. And then something interesting happened because when, when we took the situation to Connor and we said, good news, they have room for you at this other school. You're going to start there next week. And all of a sudden he was like, wait, what? I don't want to move schools. Well, I don't care. You know, I was kind of like, well, this is what's best. This is what we've talked about. This is going to be great. And he was like very, even though I thought he'd be on board immediately because he was so upset about the situation. He, he was not happy about it. And I'm trying to decide. I'm trying to make this decision. Like, okay, is it my decision? Is it Connor's decision? I even had to come and bring Connor in to talk to David about it. And I had to talk, you know, I had to have a conversation like, how do I even deal with this? And after David and Connor kind of talked, it was like Connor has some really strong feelings about this and understands what would need to change in his behavior in order to make this work and is willing to do that. And, and so we kind of like created some boundaries and parameters that would need to exist if he was going to stay there. Yeah. Because, and frankly, I was scared to death. And I'd already like jumped into this other school and I'd made this huge ruckus and they'd like weaseled a spot and and now like I was gonna have to say well well my 12 year old decided you know my child decided he didn't that wasn't best for him or whatever and it was definitely without getting into the details definitely a lot more complicated than just like oh someone said a mean word to my son right yeah it was a lot more than just that it was an ongoing individual is a big issue everybody had issues with the same type issue individual and then it it got worse it was bigger and then it got worse and he was the target of that individual and so we deci- we decided that Connor felt strongly enough about it and had really expressed like actually some pretty valid points. 
Yeah. And he said to me, he actually even came back and threw stuff that I had said to him in the past because he had a rough time the year before and he wanted to quit and go to a different school. And I was like, you know, if you just keep walking away from things that are hard, it's going to become a habit. Yeah, when he uses your own stuff on you, he's like, mom, I don't want to be that type of person you said I don't want to be. You're like, dang it. And that's when I was like, oh, I guess I better, I guess I better listen. And and that that was tough for me, actually. So here's what happened, though. Outcome is that he made that decision and he was all in on the parameters, on the boundaries, and he made it work because he yeah. made the decision. And I was worried about it. So fast forward to right now, and we have another decision that involves him and involves his academics. And I, the principal and the teacher, have an opinion. And I have an opinion. And Connor does not. Like, Connor's feeling torn. And it's not a situation where I'm going to lose my relationship with him because we differ on opinions here. But what I have learned from, from the podcast, from you, from this situation, is that it's never too young to really empower your kids to make decisions. And so why don't we first, just in this first little minute, let's talk about what that means and why that, you know, why that's important and share some of the counsel that you gave me at that time. Well, I, or coaching. I, I just call it some of the coaching. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, first off, you know, hats off to your son because I'm glad you used that example because I was very impressed and 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 happy with him because instead of re- making a decision based off of reaction, he did what you've always told him to do: calm down, let some space and time, get him in between. You know what had just happened. Let the emotions simmer down a little bit. And weigh the pros and the cons, the different things that could possibly be good about staying, about going. And it didn't take him very long for him to realize what person he wanted to be. And in order to be that person, meaning a person that can follow through and a person that can make changes, then he was using he was using this as the opportunity to practice how to do that. And he realized he needed practice. He realized that one of the things that he struggles with is when his emotions get, you know, really spiked up and get really high, um, that his reaction is usually one that's going to get him in trouble, usually one that's going to have um, like a, a wake of problems, you know, and that come from it. And so mushroom he, clouds. Yeah, mushroom <laughs> clouds. So, so he's like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just react to what happened. And so after we talked about it, it became very clear that maybe he doesn't know if it's right to stay or right to go. But if he makes the decision to stay, then he can own that decision. And if you support him that decision, it's not about the decision. It's about he has another opportunity to learn what it'd be like to stay at a school after it was pretty much consensus, consensus for him to leave. And I mean, without again, without getting all the details, I think this is a great example for our listeners as well. We do want to protect our kids. We do want to help them. But starving problems and feeding solutions sometimes comes from making quicker decisions than we feel comfortable with and then allowing ourselves to see, okay, now that I made this decision, whatever it may be, how does it feel? What's happening from the decision? I like to think sometimes that certain decisions, now granted, there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, but certain decisions are really just 
steps to get to another decision. Right. And, you know, sometimes the worst decision you can make is being slow to make a decision or not making a decision at all. Or that is your decision. Or that is your decision. Yeah. Indecision can sometimes be a decision. Um, it, the beautiful thing that I see, and we're obviously we're talking about our kids right now. The beautiful thing I see with their kids is that when parents take the approach, now always the debate is the time. It has to be made right now. We have to do it right now. Sometimes there's timelines. Like let's say you have to apply for a new school within three right. weeks, but you still got three weeks. So I like to look at success of making decisions based upon using the first decision as kind of like a heat check to see, are you really capable of falling through with this decision? We don't really know unless you go for it. But if you make a decision saying, I'm going to make this decision. So let's take Connor, for example, so I'm not being too vague. So our conversation was generally like this. He finally decided the decision he was going to make. He's going to stay at the school. We came up with a plan instead of just saying, okay, I'm going to stay at school. Wish me luck. No, I'm going to stay at school. Now let's set yourself up so that you have a plan how to be successful staying at that school, avoiding that certain person. If he does talk to you, if this happens. So we created all these scenarios that are pretty likely going to happen. And then we role played those scenarios. What that did for him. Now I'm imagining if I was his parent for a second, what that did for him, it allows him to see that his decision is not right or wrong. It's really just an opportunity to see what's going to happen next. He didn't know if he was capable of dealing with that type of situation because he'd never been in that situation. And if, if parents out there and, and sometimes teenagers out there, they say, well, I've had this problem before and it never worked out for me. So I don't have a choice. I'll tell you right now, human beings do not like it when they don't have at least two choices. Right. If you feel like you have no choice, then even if you do have a choice, you've convinced yourself that you're trapped. Now you're not free anymore. Freedom is what creates expression. Creativity comes from people being free. He had to be free to make his own decision to stay. And then once he made his own decision, it created this big open amount of space now for him to create new opportunities. Can I still be around this kid without engaging with him? Can I still be around these friends that saw me not act my best or, you know, some things happen because I reacted to the horrible things that this kid was doing to me? Can I deal with the social pressures of people wondering, am I going to, you know, be mad or upset again? These are all freedom spaces for us to create new opportunities to figure out where our next decision at. Making decision does not alleviate decision making in your life. It gets you closer to the next one. So it's just changing the the approach from seeing a decision as this dun 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 like everything end all be all end all be all to I have to make a decision to understand what decisions are most important for me to make next. Interesting. I I think that you know when we sat down and and actually had to have a conversation with him, sharing the way we saw it and what what we thought was the solution and gave him an opportunity to, to choose and to have a voice in it. Um, he felt important. Yeah. You know, he owned that situation and, um, he didn't just feel like he was just being told what to do. Yeah. He, you know, well, that that's the freedom I talked about. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that, it's important to recognize that even even when kids are young and decisions come up, 
the the fact is there needs to be like this sitting down and conversing real real talk not when there's t- like not when it's hot <laughs> because we could not have had a rational conversation when that situation was hot and as a parent if you put all your bet so you put everything that you have and you bet it all on this decision has to be made because all my money is in this is the right decision that's a problem that's your decision, not your child's decision. Now, even if it is the right decision, even if they know it's the right decision, they just don't want to do it because you want them to do it because that's possible of happening too. Sometimes people just do the opposite of what people want them to do. It still gives them space to create an opportunity to come back and say, yeah, you know, that didn't work out so well. So the suggestions I give parents, and, and I'll tell you guys right now is that when you're going into these type of opportunities where you know that there's only so much you can do to persuade your kid to do what you want them to do. If there's a high likelihood that they're going to make their own decision, you know what it is. Instead of putting all your bet in convincing them to do what you want them to do, I would suggest put all your bet in giving them the confidence that they're making the right decision Not that this decision, not that you're telling them that it's going to have the outcome that they want. It's the right decision because A, it was theirs and B, because they didn't take a long time to do to make the decision and C, because that decision is going to get them so much closer to understanding what they need to do next. And generally speaking, that's a pretty safe thing to say, no matter what the decision is, those are pretty much standard things for how our life works. We have one decision, we make that, well, now serving number two decision. Now serving number three decision. It could be number two problem, could be number three problem. But if people have the experience at a young age saying, I make decisions and I can change my mind if the decision is wrong or right. if it didn't work out for me. Because if because if that wouldn't have worked out, yeah, then we would have had to try door number two, honestly. Right. Yeah. And so and, and, door number two didn't really disappear. It's easy to see that door number two is the right decision if you tried door number one. Walked in, turned around, made a U-turn, came back out, closed it, locked it, sealed it so no one could ever open that again. Right. Note to self, never go back to that decision again. That could be someone you're dating. That could be a choice of friend groups. I mean, it could be anything. So I think it's really it's really helpful for a lot of parents to take one more thing into consideration and in mind. Be careful how you try to sell your kids and what you want them to do. Even if you know you're going to give them the freedom to make the choice, if you're all in on trying to convince them, to sway them to your side, you could be making a huge mistake. Okay, so right now we're moving from the – sorry to interrupt you. Hang on. From the first section, which is it's important to let your kids – empower your kids to make decisions. And that's that's a good thing to start early so that they can gain some success stories, hopefully, and some practice, right, for when they, like, have to make those – gnarly decisions that start impacting and costing money. Now let's talk about this second section, which is these life hacks, hopefully, of presenting your side of of the story, like how to share what you think would be a great angle. And, and this goes this goes right along. So if you ever come to our workshops, we give a lot of different tools. And one of the tools, this is the tool that you would use for the situation. It's the observation instead of interrogation. So your child comes to you, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm supposed to do this with, it could be, let's use something simple. 
my one friend has a birthday party and I'm supposed to go here. But then these other friends who I want to be friends with, they're going to concert and they're going here. It's like, uh, and they're like, mom, 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 what do I do? Well, you know, this is a trap for all parents out there. It's a trap. <laughs> you will this never, trap. you will never win. <laughs> do not take the bait and thinking that you are going to give them the answer to help them out with this. They're using you as a push off point to kind of like gauge what they don't want to do. So here's because the, whatever you tell them to do, they're going to do the other one, right? <laughs> in this, this is a common scenario. So instead, what you do is you reiterate the choices. They say, you know, I'm supposed to go to my good friend's birthday party, but I want to go here. You go, gosh, man, your good friend, gosh, that's right. You're loyal. They would probably be hurt if you didn't show up. But man, how many opportunities are you going to get to be invited by Stacy and Mackenzie and the popular kids? I, I know I'm just making He's up. so good at typical up Utah with the names. names. Right? I know, I'm sorry, like, <laughs> Stacy Mackenzie. I apologize. Those are great names, but very common names. So I like to use the common names in my examples. So then you go, man, I could see why this once happened. It's like, man, like this is a tough decision for you. What should I do? What should I do? Oh, tell you what. Gosh, I wouldn't know what to do in this situation. So pause for a second. You're just observing. You're repeating back and observing. Here's your choice, number one. Here's your choice, number two. And number three, I wouldn't want to be you. Gosh, and walk away. Now, you don't necessarily have to physically walk in the moment. You just step away from you having a, you don't want to have a dog in that race or and a horse in that where, race or dog in that this fight. This is where you start freaking out as a mom because you're like, well, of course you have to go to the birthday party because there's going to be kids doing drugs at the concert and, you know. Or, <laughs> or this friend's been your friend and these kids I don't want you to be friends with anyways. So you need to right. stay with your and, loyal and friend. And so you're like, no, no, no. I think these popular kids it. will dish you and dump you and then you're going to go back to your old friends. They're going to be mad at you. Parents are going through too many scenarios and she's only seen two choices. Observe what the choices are and then state that you feel confident that your daughter, son, whoever it may be, is capable of coming up with the right choice and then give them space. Meaning yeah. give them the freedom. Also, I want to interject here that you might not feel confident. You, you might not. No, it's a true lie. We've talked about this <laughs> on the podcast recently. It's true and a lie. Right. I'm confident that you will make the right decision. And the, the key side thing is someday. <laughs> I'm confident that you'll make the right decision someday. And this is just practice and training you need the reps to make decisions. If it takes you a week to make one decision, you could have made 30 decisions in three days, but no, you had to sit and chew on one that you couldn't pull the trigger on. You're sitting there, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Decisions, making decisions, get you better at making decisions. But parents trying to sway your kids to make decisions you want, it only gets them better at avoiding your information. Okay, so you're saying don't, Give them the advice of what you think no, they should it's, do. If they really want you to give them the advice, that's when you definitely don't give it to them. If they really? are absolutely, absolutely. Oh no. Once they make their I'm decision, in so much once you make their decision, then you go, Oh gosh, man, that sounds like a good decision. And then you give all the reminding factors of why that could turn out to be a good decision. But let's face it, nobody knows. You need time. Only time will tell if it was a good decision or not. So when I talk to young people that come to me, they're always saying like, I've if been I sharing do this, a lot of reasons why I think that they should. If I, <laughs> if I do this, I'm good. If I do this, I'm a bad child. And I say, uh, no. And, and, and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, if you do this decision and you're like, damn, that sucked. That didn't make me feel good. Wish I didn't do that. Well, then it wasn't a good decision at that time. It's not good. It's not bad. It's a decision. The outcome from it is just information. 
information to say, yes, I'm going the right decision, like that hot and cold game, you make a right decision, meaning not a right decision, but you make a healthy or decision that puts you in the right trajectory, then you can sit there like, wow, I'm getting warmer. I'm getting closer to where I wanna be or who I wanna be. And if you make a decision that doesn't seem to bode well with you, then it's like, okay, losing my fingers and my toes, don't feel anything, now I'm getting cold, getting cold, getting cold. We have this internal clock. Well, we also have an internal compass. That compass, like Jack Sparrow in, in the old uh, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, it doesn't always work. Sometimes our compass doesn't work. Or as parents, we're like scared that our kid's compass are not going to work because it hasn't worked lately. And they've made a lot of <laughs> bad decisions, in your opinion. Yeah. But the compass works better when there's no interference. Whoa. Do not put your magnet next to a compass that has a magnet that's gonna repulse it. Oh no, now we're really, we're getting deep into the metaphors, but I, I can see exactly where you're going, is that the more you push, push them into the corner, then that the harder that fight, and, and the bigger the wedge gets Yeah, gets we, we, we joked about earlier that, you know, people that don't have their prefrontal cortex fully developed, teenagers, young adults, are more likely to not think about long-term consequences. They're, they just don't have enough life experience. They have a lot of knowledge and information. They just don't have enough reps to see all the different variable, good things and bad things that could come from it, right? So we're sitting here looking at a situation where just because they don't have their brain fully developed doesn't mean it's not developing. So we don't want to dismiss that they can't make good decisions, but they have to be in an environment that supports, okay, again, supports progressive choice making. Because I, I, I got to get away from even, I made the mistake saying good versus bad. Language isn't very important. If your kids say, you're going to, but, but if I make a mistake and it's wrong, you're going to hate me, you'll never forgive me. This is where you have to untangle this narrative in their mind that you're this end all be all person to please. That's, way, that's the point where you can look at them and say, hey, your decision is not about right or wrong, good or bad. It's just a decision. Well, if I make the wrong way, it can have consequences. Well, yeah, decisions have consequences, but it doesn't mean this is like going to prison or not going to prison. Like you're gonna figure it out. Giving the confidence, instilling that this decision gets you better at making decisions takes you out of the role of having to make the decision or getting pitted that they think, well, I had to make it because my parents would kill me if I did it. I hate that one. I One that comes up, a short example I'll bring up. So in one conversation in counseling, a young man decided very long time ago, he's probably his kids by now. He decided that he was going to tell his dad, who was a bishop in the LDS church, that he no longer wanted to be LDS and that he wanted to be vegan. Well, his dad was the opposite <laughs> of vegan, to say the least. His dad was would so, make fun of and poke fun of people that like plants, vegetables, rah, rah, you know. So he'd make fun of it. So the dad loved the church and the dad loved meat and didn't like vegans. <laughs> well, guess what the son decided to do? Not go to church and not want to eat meat. I think the dad was more upset about the meat part to be totally honest. <laughs> Something about that was like, you can't be a man, protein. I don't know what up was up with that dad. But the dad learned a valuable lesson because as we went through it, the son dumped it all. It was a controversial thing. It took us a little a couple sessions to, to get through this. But here's what ended up happening. The dad came around. He recognized that he goes, this decision may not be a long-term decision because I told him prefrontal cortex, he'll change his mind tomorrow, at least on one of those two, um, as long as you don't get in the middle of it. And so we had this discussion. So finally, dad comes back. And in short, the dad simply said, 
you know, I've never had a dad that was a bishop. He was actually converted to the church. So he didn't even know what that pressure was like, lived in a different state. So he didn't know what this kid was going through. He goes, I don't have that experience. So I can't relate to the stressor and pressure, but I can imagine if I was in your situation, I'd probably at least want a break at best from church. He was already at the age of getting close to move out. So the dad said, you have my permission to do whatever you want to do. You know, if there's baptism, stuff like that, you know, special occasions, could you come by? The son was like, yeah, for sure. And the whole entire vegan thing said, you know what, son, I told you it's stupid and all this stuff like that. He's like, but I have to admit something. I've never tried it. So I'm actually telling you that something is not going to work for you that I have no life experience. And that's a hypocrite. And I shouldn't do that. Walked away from it. Last time we conversed, the kid didn't like leave his religion. I mean, Grant, I don't know where he's at with it now. And he didn't become a vegan because he tried. He's like, man, that was really hard and expensive. Like there was no restaurants in here in Utah. It's not like you're in Southern California. There's vegan restaurants all over the place. He ended up abandoning it because it didn't work for him. And the dad had a valuable lesson because he saw that his son was progressing. So why get in the middle of the progression? Why think because someone wants to make a decision that you think could be bad for the future, that that's not progression? How many choices, how many life lessons we've learned from making choices that did not work out the way we wanted them to? A lot of life choices. Yeah. But we have the choice to see how we're going to respond to something. But dads and parents, when we're, when we're in reaction mode, there's no space and freedom to help our kids feel like they have a chance to make choices. It's a lot more pressure that they have to make the right choice. That's what I want to get out of our vocabulary. It's not about the right choice. It's about making a thoughtful choice and then having the freedom to come back from it. Oddly enough, the dad said, you know, if you don't want to be a vegan in the future, if you don't want to be LDS in the future, um, that's great. I mean, not great, but that's okay. If you do want to come back, I'm not going to question you like, well, why are you coming back? Like, you have to have a testimony for you. How about to if you admit all the things you were wrong? Yeah, or admit whatever. All your like, mistakes. Yeah. Admit that meat is great. Like the dad realized once it all went through, the things that he thought he wanted from his child, he actually didn't even need those things. He didn't need those validations that his kid was going to be an active member in the church and go back to meet someday for his. Because he wanted to be like, I will let my son make these choices as long as I know he's going to eventually come back. I go, well, I, I want to be able to work with you knowing that you're going to pay me. You know what I mean? Yeah, we want those things, but there's no real guarantee. Sometimes people don't pay us. Sometimes people's choices, you know, go south and don't work out the way they want to. So just a little bit of helpful information, everybody out there. You don't want to walk into those choices and interrogating them. Why are they making it? And you don't want to interrogate them. You don't want to persuade them. You want to observe simply the, the challenge and the, the situation that they're in. Take a step back. And see what they and do then with encourage. that freedom. And, You'll see yeah. a lot of kids start to rattle. They're like, whoa, I have to make decisions? <sighs> they start getting stressed out. But as soon as you jump in and try to make it for them, they go, oh, now I'm not stressed. I can just be mad at my parents. And now the decision's made for me. So much Sweet. easier. It's so, so much, much easier. easier to just be either a victim or this is what I have to do. I mean, you know, speaking from experience, like. Of trying to make your <laughs> kids' decisions for them? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, with. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get that You're example. Anyway. What I said. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying that sometimes like if it's what you have to do, that's easier than meaning it's easier than having to make a hard choice if someone just makes it for you. And for those, even if you have to be mad. Yeah. And absolutely. And for those people watching on YouTube, facial and facial expression and body language are huge when you're saying this. Right. If you say, fine, go ahead, do whatever you want. 
you just did the exact same thing just in a passive aggressive way as trying to convince them to do what you want them to do. Instead, it's got to be, huh, here's choice A, here's choice B. I, I don't know. I, I've never been 17 years old having to make that decision. I kind of had similar, but not enough to really be a professional. I think you're the pro on this. Well, I've never made it either. Well, you're about to make your first one. Let me know what you decide and walk away. You, a lot of parents, you got to get into character and play this role because it, it I hear a lot this from people say, this is disingenuous. Right. I don't really feel that way. Well, a lot of times we don't feel good doing something while we're doing it. But afterwards, the reward is so great. I was talking, you know, a post we're putting up about yoga. I love yoga after yoga. I hate yoga while doing yoga. <laughs> Holding those poses and doing the stuff. And I'm seeing moms do stuff and making me look like, eh. Like I falling over, like it's like I have no handicapped, I have no physical disability, and I'm struggling. But what I'm watching happening is that struggle at the moment does not necessarily mean that the outcome is going to be a struggle. Struggling to make a decision doesn't mean that you're going to not learn quickly and change around and change your mind. And it's very similar to a lot of difficult things in life. Yoga being one, different types of exercise, difficult job projects that you're working on. You have to see that what you're doing now is just setting you up for something else. Exactly. Okay, so I want to move from the, that middle, that second part, which is like, how do you have these conversations? How do you share your perspective, which apparently not, you're not supposed to? <laughs> well... Well, okay. Also, for those parents out there that think for a second your kids don't know what you would prefer them to do, trust me. If you try to tell your, it's so honestly, it's so, and I don't mean to make fun of parents because I'm sure I'll do this myself too okay. really soon. It's this so sad to watch a parent convince and beg and plead a child with with what they think is new information why they should live their life a certain way or make a certain decision. Yeah. Trust me, your kid has heard <laughs> your sales pitch their whole entire life. They can tell you what you're going to say before you say it. So if you don't say it, then they sit back and go, wait a second. Now I got to make the decision. <sighs> That's when they start and getting really And then the mom really walks nervous. away. <laughs> because they can't blame you if they make what they right. consider right. a bad decision. They can't a, put it on you. Which is a Which is a great thing. Okay, so... We're now going to move into the third and final question, the, ver the third stage of this perplexing issue, which is let's say that maybe you didn't handle step one, step two very well, and maybe your kid didn't either. Maybe you had this conversation last night and heard the podcast today. Right. Like, maybe you're late to the party. A day right? late. And now you're in a situation where – You were very clear about what you thought they should do. They were very, very obviously going against what you suggested mm -hmm. and what they've been taught their entire and life or whatever. And you're salty about and it. And now the relationship may have may may be in serious jeopardy. So you're not wearing Maybe matching not, bracelets not, at this you're time. You're not talking. You're mad. There's silent treatments. If you don't even live with them, there's like no communicado, you know, no cookies are going to fix this, right? No. Um, no buying them something is going to make it all go away. Right. And there might even be a couple of these scenarios that have kind of like stacked up mm -hmm. where, because sometimes one decision that you don't really like that your child's doing might, like you said, 
lead to a second and maybe a third decision that you still are not happy with this track. And that's really driving a wedge. And, and, uh, go ahead. And so I know I'm smart enough. I am smart enough to know that you never say, well, I knew it. Or told you so. I told you so. And I, you know, if you would have just done, you know, so I know that much. That's about where it ends for me. Because <laughs> a lot of, you know, I'm still, I'm still evolving. Well, um, so. And, and I've had a couple conversations with some people that are in this situation that the relationship is out because of decisions that have pitted them against each other. And it has everything, the relationship has now become about the decision instead of the relationship. So I do know enough to know that we, we're going to err on the side of the relationship, but that's easier said than done. Yeah. Right? Well, this is where you get to ask for some saving grace from your kids and to, to see you as a human being. So in order for your kids to see you as a human being, you'd have to be very human and humans are empathetic, they're compassionate. Um, and so that would mean some sort of sincere apology would be in order. Now the argument is, well, I didn't do anything wrong because I know that it's and a bad decision. I was and right I was proven. the whole time. Yeah, and, and if, especially if you're proven. But sometimes wanting to be right is pretty wrong. And okay, let's just say that one more time. Sometimes wanting to be right is wrong. Or someone that needs, like the, the real saying is, the more you need to be right, the more wrong you are. Because then now you dismiss all knowledge, new information. You're not open for new information. You're not open for how this could hurt the relationship. You're just wanting the validation that you're right because that's what your parents did to you. Because a lot of parents have traditionally done that. Also, you might think it's your job to be right. And you might think it's your job to shame them and you haven't come to one of our don't freak out <laughs> categories or categories of presentations where we talk about that. So an apology is in order, but a saving grace apology is really making yourself very human to them. So you can just simply go back to your child and say, listen, I'm sorry for telling you that you made the wrong choice. I'm sorry for trying to persuade you. I'm sorry for stressing you out about it. I am apologizing to you because I now realize that if it's going to be your choice, then it has to be something that you do without me making you feel good or bad about it. So from now on, when you have a choice, I know you may not trust me, but I'd still like you to come and talk to me about your choices. But from now on, I'm just going to sit there, listen to your choices and do the best I can to support you to make a decision. But I'm not going to try to dissuade you one way or another, because let's face it, I think after this time in our life, we've been around each other enough. You know what I want you to do. You don't need extra pressure on me. And now let's time out for a second. Something to keep in mind, parents, is that with your kids, so many kids do not develop their personality fully. So many kids do not develop a true sense of self because a lot of their decision ma making comes from what would my parents do? I will do the opposite. Especially if they view maybe their parent as a hypocrite yep. or they don't like how things are going for their parent. Hypocrites, when we are hypocritical and or our kids think we're being hypocritical, it puts it paints us into a quarter as a person that can't be supportive, can't be reasoned with. And so whatever that person wants, that's how we know what to do. We do the opposite. 
Well, think about it. If you're doing, let's say, um, I, I had this one example, I had the super powerful CEO dad a long time ago, and his son wanted to be like a second grade school teacher. I don't know if that was exactly what it was, but it was not a high paying job and it was not a very manly alpha conquer the and world he and was get concerned. yachts type of job. He was like, I can't support you. I can't support your, you know. Well, if he was concerned, he had a weird way of showing it. <laughs> <laughs> he told his son, he's a loser. There's not, you're not going to be, what girl's going to be one. So all the stuff that he thought got the world to like him, the son didn't care about because in the son's own world, in son's own words was if being happy means I got to live like you, well then I don't want to be right. that kind of happy. Right. That's not my type of happiness. So what it all boiled down to was something, a great lesson again for this father is that wanting his son to be a certain way, got his son to choose to be the opposite. But then he quickly learned from the son. The son told his dad, he said, I don't even know what I want, dad. I just know that I don't want to do what you want me to do. And now that's a problem because I'm in my 20s and I haven't learned how to make decisions for myself. I need some sort of drama with you, some sort of chaos to like drive home a decision. When in reality, he didn't know if he really wanted to be a teacher or not. He just knew that really wouldn't make his dad happy. And it was an honorable job that people respected. And he actually liked kids. His dad just couldn't fathom why he would want to do that as a right. man. For him. He just didn't see his manly job. So really be careful that this is not just about our relationship. It's about the personality development of our children. No matter what age they are, if they're not choosing things for themselves and then figuring out how that worked out, they're not developing a personality. According to psychology, and you know, I'm in that field, you develop a sense of self by when you're happy, you laugh. When you're sad, you cry. When you want to eat something, you eat that thing. You determine what works for you. It's a constant experiment, what you like and what you dislike, but it's it's formulated and forged by you making decisions. But when someone comes into your decision-making process and says, no, a decision has to be made this way, it has to look this way, it has to sound that way, then you get so caught up on the confrontation of why they want you to do this. Now it makes you feel as if you want something of a great passion that you may not have been interested in before the argument. It almost causes us to feel like we need to double down on whatever we're doing. But again, it's just a reaction. It's not a choice per se. It's a reaction to someone else's desires for you. You know, was that able yeah, to follow with that? Yeah. And I think the the very first thing you said was you you have to as as a parent, and you guys have always told you this, that Light the Fight is not about how to fix your kids. It's about how to improve yourself so that you can have better relationships. And the first thing you said is that you have to actually ap apologize. Yeah, you can't have a and relationship with someone that doesn't want to talk so to you. So if you're feeling... So if you don't throw an apology out there, you're not saying, hey, I was a hypocrite before, but I'm, I'm trying to do different now. You're not even acknowledging. I hate it when people say... Hey, let's pretend like nothing ever happened when the other person's sitting there going, I've been waiting to talk about what happened. And the other person's like, no, nah, I don't want to deal with that. Let's just bury it deep down inside right. and never talk about it. Unfortunately, parents, they have a hard time sometimes acknowledging their flaws and faults because they thought as parents, they're supposed to know everything. Well, you're only relatable if you admit you don't know everything and that you have flaws. So as a mom, you might feel like, I always have to be the one to go fix it. I always have to be the one that says I'm sorry. I'm always the one that has Sometimes to initiate. Sometimes technically that's true, though. <laughs> you, you know, and I think that we talk about this a lot. This is a, a fundamental and a, a thread that runs through, like, the fight, which is 
someone has to go first. And it's going to be the one that, that that's a person that will be the gatekeeper. Hey, all you listeners out there, have you ever had your kid um, make a choice and after the choice that they made, it didn't work out so well and then they wanted you to bail them out even financially sometimes? Well, I know that I did that to my parents. (laughs) (laughs) It usually happens in households, right? So you want want I might have spent my rent money once on gambling in Vegas for the first time. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. When they say, would you like to double down, ma'am? Don't say yes. Okay, that's extra money. That was a rough, (laughs) a rough. (laughs) So the point is, is this is a great tool to help you in another way. When your kid needs to be bailed out from a decision you are begging them not to make and trying to persuade them not to make, when they make a a decision that doesn't work out with them, you're the last person they're going to come acknowledge that to. They're not going to come acknowledge that to you. But here's what you're going to want. You're going to want them to acknowledge it. You know why? Because they are going to want you to come bail them out and save them. So if you bail them out and save them and they don't acknowledge the good, like the pink elephant in the room, like, Hey, you screwed up. That's why I'm paying 500 bucks for your rent that you didn't have. It's going to be so hard for your teenager to acknowledge that they made a mistake and that one, it's going to be hard for them to feel bad that they inconvenienced you. Because now, yeah. Okay. So now let's rewind it. Now let's go back to what we did before. Because they get kind of in you the shame You go back and game, apologize. Right? Let's say you don't know if it's a good decision or not yet. Kid made a decision. You didn't want them to. You're trying to convince them not to. You listen to our podcast. You realize, you know, I got to take a different approach. You go back and apologize. Say, listen. I shouldn't have pressured you like that. Shouldn't have done that. From now on, I'm going to let you make those decisions. And, you know, thanks for giving me another chance. I hope you give me more chances to come talk to me because that's how I get better. You walk away. Now, if it doesn't work out for them, there's no reason for them to not come back to you or there's less reason for them to withhold that they made a mistake because they don't feel like they're going to be torched and held over the fire. Ah, see what happened? They don't want a lecture and a life lesson. They already got the lesson. They've paid for it. They feel embarrassed and they're ready to move on. Our fears that they haven't learned the lessons is just that. It's our fears that they haven't learned the lessons. They learn lessons if we're not trying to teach them. And I think that's the very last point that I wanted to make. If we are so mad that we don't create a space for there to be a forgiveness. A, or acknowledgement. Oh, welcome. I screwed this one up, mom. Oh, welcome. Hey, you know, I'm right there with you. I've made mistakes like that too. I think that that, moms and dads, that's your special power. You hold that power to create that space to, to be the soft landing of a bad decision. And... And you allowed them to apologize to you. You modeled it for them. You went first. Now they realize they made a mistake. They can hang their head and come back and say, you're right. You're going to tell me I told you so. And in your mind, you can be like, really? I was? Like, you can think, yeah, I did tell you so. You just don't have to say it. You don't have to be right. The win is by them coming to you and acknowledging what they learned and sharing it with you. If you are not a trusted person with them, not only are they not going to admit that they're wrong, they're not going to share with you when they learn something from it as well. As usual, I get a nice little kick kick in the can. Little reminder injection. <laughs> my weekly reminder injections. It, you know, that I bet you every single person that is listening can do better in this area and will get a lot of opportunities to try to do better because decisions happen on the daily. 
And, um, and, you know, maybe we'll just sign off with that last reminder. You can't freak out. Don't freak out. When we freak out, it shows our kids that we can't handle them. They're crap. We can't handle their bad decisions. We can't handle their disappointments. We can't handle it. And we that's the last thing that we want them to think. And we know, Heidi knows, I know, we're all human beings. We're all going to fall short at different times. But you can be scared that your kids are going to make the wrong decisions. And you can use these approaches so that you're prepared. So if the wrong decision happens, you guys can all talk about it, learn from it, and keep on moving. It doesn't have to be the end game. It doesn't have to be, all right, okay, well, I guess I'm worthless now. Let me give up on everything else that I thought I wanted to do just because I made one bad decision. So it's a numbers game. The more decisions you get used to making, it increases the probability that you're going to get better at it. And if you made two bad decisions, you made 20 good ones. I mean, that's how we get good at freaking out. That's how. <laughs> just over and over, we just get better and better. Well, it does go both better. ways. We get better <laughs> at freaking that. out if we practice that, or we get better at making decisions and not freaking out if we practice that. All right, you guys. I hope that this has been helpful. It's been helpful for me. Um, this is just kind of like down and dirty. This is a this is a, a place that every one of us can immediately right now make changes. So you might have to listen to this one twice. The next time you listen to it, you might have to pull out a notebook. Um, Everybody doesn't have to do what you do, Heidi. But I mean, (laughs) good suggestion, but they don't have to. See, Heidi's part player, part coach here. (laughs) I'm not player coach role. Yeah. Yeah. She's half employee and half kind of learning at the same time. Oh, man. Anyway, um, as always, we appreciate you listening. Thank you for showing up. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling your friends about it. Teencounseling.com backslash LTF. You get need some get help, your 10% off. Get for your sure. 10% off. Let us know how it goes and your experience. We'd be happy. To, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And as always, we want to thank you for helping us to light the fight. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.